Todd Eddings, who was in homicide at one point, but I went down as a sergeant in forensic services. He came back and I don't know if you know what Blue Star is, mm-hmm. but Blue Star is a chemical agent that you can spray on a surface. And if there's there has been blood on it, it will illuminate blue. Um, and Todd had brought a few photos back that he had taken where there was some um, photos that he had taken of the wall where Blue Star had illuminated and it looked like sort of like a spray pattern. Warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain graphic descriptions of violent assaults, murder, and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Murder Police Podcast, The Murder of Goldie Massey, Part 5. in this right right we may have some leads on some of the stuff of that your you were, stuff that was gone reported so a couple right. weeks ago so that's right. so he agreed to come down once we knocked on his door he answered his door it was the evening time actually. Was did, he, did he look dark. at you all like no, it, back. And, no. A, and again no he did not and again we were we we planned this out we didn't want everybody there you know we didn't bring a team of people that was nope. going to do it was me, just steve me, and i me and chris went to the door said hey paris you want to come down we've got this and he agreed. So once he left, we were like, go. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for cell phones, right? We didn't have, well, we had flip phones and uh, yeah. the Miami Vice stuff. Hey, you wore your laser suit on the first case. Yeah. But anyway. But you could uh, sleep in the first case. <laughs> and the ruffles on your leisure oh, suit, you yeah. got to go. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> when, again, we, te- we could text, right? Because the lab was waiting around the corner. He never saw it. So all we did was text. We have him in the car. Go ahead. The guys with FSU were waiting on, you know. Well executed. Hey, we, we've got him. We He's agreed to come down with us. Let's go. Well, when he was in the car with you all, did the name Goldie ever come up or did you stick to his missing goods? Oh, no. No, we, it was all stolen property at that point. We were, we small were, talk. We yeah, Eastern absolutely. Kentucky people. Mm-hmm. Small talk. But it's important because he, we already know he's pretty much an over-communicator. Oh, 100%. yes. The, the trick is just not to turn that tap off. Perfect. So, yeah, you come up with that, yeah, that brilliant move on well, your part. Well played, David. Yeah, yes, that's he's right. An over-communicator. It's, right. It's human personality. If you can read the person, right. play on it. That's where Let your detective talk. works. Right. Yeah, play Steve, stupid. Steve is, and not to, I'm not trying to toot your horn because we're going to separate cars home. But um, Steve's a natural. That's why he came up there, right? Uh, again, yeah. with the water fountain analogy. And I actually sat in the back when you remember this. Now I see the look in your face. He rode up front with Steve. I sat in the back and he was explaining to Steve why he reported the, the uh, tools missing. And when he gets down there, he'd like to speak to the detective that's handled his case because he's never called him. And he said, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get a hold of him. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but good. he never says to you all, have you all ever found Goldie yet? Nope. Not one time. Hmm? No, like it's his missing girlfriend, and he's not even asking your. But, uh, my guess is that he's in control in his mind right now. He's fully in control of these two, and uh, and again, like, coming back to that thing when you have an over communicator, play stupid, and and let him believe you're as dumb as a box of rocks. Sure. And be, yeah, so in his mind, he's about to manipulate all. Right, this but stuff. I just figured for good measure, he'd say any any leads on my girlfriend. I, th- I think a little bit he was playing along with us. You I know think what I mean? So. I, I, yeah. yeah. In the back of his mind, 
it was probably going through the back of his mind, but he was, he felt like he was in control. He felt like he could, he could, he could write the ship. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't anything that. Oh, with those kind of people, it, they can always fix it. Sure. And I think everybody would agree here that, and in, in, even in your experience, 90% of the reason he came may have been, well, I'll go back. 40% of the reason he came for the tools. The other 60% is to find out maybe what we knew. What you know. That's, it. that's right. right. So he needs to come down. Right. He needs to come down. If he talks about his tools, that's great. But if we also ask him about Goldie, that's also great. And he knows at any point he can just stop. Sure. Guaranteed right. he knows that. And I think what is important about that, too, is Chris and I sort of knew that that's what he was thinking, mm -hmm. that he was going to come down and recon us. So we weren't going to give him a whole lot. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, we're, we weren't going to show him our hand. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just getting him down there just to get a baseline statement that we all know. Baseline statements are never the truth, right? But at least it's a baseline. At least it's a starting point right? Uh, for, for somewhere that we can go um, and work off of. So that was our intentions. Right. And at this point, Stephen had already talked about Zach. He's still locked up, still a drug felon. Mm -hmm. And we saw passion for his mother. But when you're on drugs and you argue with your mother— you still have to, and you want money f to get your drugs. You still have to accept that this may be a suspect. Oh, yeah. So we still are, and he's still in jail. He cooperated with Franz and I, and that was the last time we had talked to Zach, even though we talked to Samantha. She's in love with Zach. She's going to cover for Zach. So we still have him in the back of our mind, right? We've kind of eliminated the people that she owed money to because they were older, Uh Horse horse farm people, and so that would tell you probably how much they she, probably didn't really need right. the money after all. But could she still be on the run? Maybe, yeah. but I don't think that those po folks that she owed four or five hundred dollars to are really going to miss it. Are really going to try to get retribution on Goldie for like for, a they don't you know, and they don't have the profile yeah, of they, killing they, they a don't person have the that motive. owes them money. Right? Yeah. They're going to go through the system. They they trust the system. Sure, sure. So you get him in the room. You're just talking about the tools. So me and me, we actually, so we get him down to headquarters and, and Schoon start, Schoon and I start game plan. We're like, so how are we going to do this? <laughs> and Chris like, all right, we're not even going to read him our rights. We're going to talk about his case of missing, of, of the missing tools. And we're going to talk about Goldie a little bit. So about the missing person portion of it. Right. So, and we did that intentionally. We didn't want to go in there and read him his rights and make him feel like he was a suspect, suspect. right? We would just wanted to talk to him to talk to him. And honestly, we had two suspects at that point. Right. Well, and, and again, it, Miranda didn't apply. It did not. And we can educate the public on that quite a bit right now. That you, It's a two-pronged test. It's custody and interrogation, nothing else. And if you don't meet those, I'd, we've all done it. It's not like a sneaky, sneaky mm. thing. No. Either Miranda is applicable or it's not, and you don't use it when it's not. So touche for not. Absolutely. And and he came free will. That, he came to headquarters part of free it. will, yeah, which he was not in custody. Amen. Uh, and we, we were not interrogating. We were, we, at that point, we didn't feel that he was a suspect. Yeah. So we were not, we weren't going to talk about what we had found. We were just going to talk about his missing tools and the missing persons report. But not the, the missing carpet. But well, no, none we, of that. Not the missing. We, but he's we a knew. Carpenter. He's but, a handyman. But Chris and I knew when we got to that point, 
we were going to read Miranda and we were going to then ask, ask him questions yes. as a suspect. So that was our, that was, I mean, what we came up with. Yeah, so we could, in. yeah, and, and that way we could have a Tom conversation. very well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a, it was a way to us to get conversation going prior to him thinking that we thought he killed Goldie. Is what it was. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what we did. So was he pretty calm when you're talking to him about Absolutely. his tools? 100%. Yeah. I mean, he. Now, were, he, was his tools hacksaws and things that could have been used to take arms I, off? Yeah. I think that they were they were tools. But, it, I mean, there was a to, saw, go, to go back on Paris a little bit. So he, he, his landlord, he stayed there because he was a handyman. So, uh, I mean, he did a lot of home improvement stuff for him. So it wasn't unusual for him to have tools and things of that nature. So like he would go to the farm and sure. help the uh, person that owned the building. He would go to, they had a farm in Madison County mm-hmm. and he would go there and help them with the fences and remodel so, the bathrooms. And yeah. and also he, he had several apartments that Paris would help remodel. And so he just assumed Paris had a bunch of tools. And that's a very good question because after the interview, and we'll get to that, after the interview, we had specific questions for that landlord. Mm. Yeah, and, and again, going back to that, it wasn't it wasn't like we thought anything big with Paris having tools because that was sort of his was primary job. job. So that we were we were we were good with that. But it was convenient. But it was a good way for us to talk but to him because missing. he re- but he reported it stolen. Um, so it was a way it was a gateway to get us to where we needed to go. Well, and also it would kind of lend to me that he's saying, oh, my skill saw or my hacksaw has just gotten stolen three months ago, about the same time my girlfriend got hacked up. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was there was a saw and several other tools. But um, what was more important as any other suspect or anybody that you would interview, um, when you get into the interrogation room, things get close, right? And the time that we were talking about the approach, he was also very fidgety. You could see him on camera going, you know, just not comfortable in that room at all. But he's a salesman. So what he he had plenty of time to think. And the only thing that he added to was, okay, I was thinking about it when I first talked to you guys. Um, Goldie was acting erratically and delirious. Like, like she was up. on drugs. Like she was on drugs. And she was crying. And I picked her up on the street of Cynthiana and I just got her in the truck and she was making no sense. Yeah. Is what he was saying. And um, then I tried to calm her down. By the time we got to the bar, we had a few drinks. She was still kind of acting erratic. So she said she wanted to go to her old residence. And so I dropped her off the residence and he's still gave the same description of a white pickup truck, male white unknown. He thinks it was truck Gre- driver Greg. Well, Greg or Steve. Greg or Steve. Greg or Steve. So a combination of a, of a bunch of things, and right. we'll get there. Um, and so I kind of did a synopsis of the interview, but it was a two-hour interview. It was longer than that. Okay. It was about two and a half hours. Because Steve really did a good job of making him feel comfortable because he was from eastern Kentucky, and so was Paris. I I was just more entertained by the conversation. 
Because I don't, I, I don't know what you were talking about. He, all the stuff like, you were, I, I literally mean, the almost, coal mines I, and all that. I don't, yeah. I don't well, understand. I had to translate it. Well, I was going to say they don't have corners out there because they have coal mines. <laughs> <laughs> they have mine right. There are no missing persons no. in Eastern Kentucky. No. This this guy was a talker, man. He could talk about anything. He, I mean, he would go on and on, and I would tell a story, and he would just top me. You know what I mean? I was like, at what one point, guess. I was like. Paris, I could tell you a story, and I promise you, you can you can top my story. He's like, you know, he's like, yep, I'm sure it can. I mean, he was like the all time leading tackler at Pike County High School, and and I mean, at one point he told us about he was driving his van across the Alaskan Highway, and this moose comes out and sticks his head through the van. I, I, it's off the wall shit. I'm, I mean, it was just he would go from one thing to another, to another, to another, and we would try to reel him back in, but there was not no reeling in. <laughs> but, 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 but I would rather have that than somebody just do it. No, oh, no. it right. was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. And yeah. I know I'm out of my field of rapport at this point. I don't hunt. I don't fish. <laughs> I don't know any Eskimos. He doesn't understand anything you're saying because you're from New York. No. Right, right. If you want to go to a Broadway play, if you want to go ahead and steal something from Walmart, I'm your guy. Yeah. All this Alaskan pike fishing, coal mining stuff, I don't have any clue. No, no. No. But I will say this. We kept them in that room for a long time that they got the complete search warrant the, And done. that was what we – that was right. our point is we wanted to keep him in there long enough to get that search warrant done. Yeah. So are they keeping you all abreast of this? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank Via God for text. text. That's correct. They're still telling us there's subflooring in the house. So no new carpet's been put down in these three-some months. No, there's some hallway. His flooring in the hallway was semi-new. It looked like he had painted, but they still think they found blood swabs. In because the living they, room with the missing carpet? In in certain areas. They did they weren't they weren't uh they didn't tell us details, so they swabbed the bloods because I remember sending them off from that search warrant. Yeah, what I remember specifically is when they actually made it back after the interview was over. Um Todd Eddings, who was in homicide at one point, but I went down as a sergeant in forensic services. He came back, and I don't know if you know what Blue Star is, but mm -hmm. Blue Star is a chemical agent that you can spray on a surface, and if there's there has been blood on it, it will illuminate blue. Um, and Todd had brought a few photos back that he had taken where there was some um, photos that he had taken of the wall where Blue Star had illuminated, and it looked like sort of like a spray pattern. Um, so it was... Yeah, and, 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 and a 45-degree angle. Right. But it, it, it looked maybe like from... If you had used like a saw that would like... Spray it expe up. Expel, yeah. you know, a substance on the wall where it looked more like a spray rather than just blood droplets. Right. If you own a chainsaw for the listeners, if you own a or chainsaw, a, cir a, cir a circular saw, yeah. and you have the wood that. and the wood filings come back and just spray up, or or that's if you, you run a circular see. saw through a board, you would see the kickback from a spray on that, right. and then that was. But there was to, paint. To, yeah, but there was but it, but it had been that. painted over. So to us, that was like, wow, there's something, something, something more there to that's this. making it light. But up. at that point, we had already let him go, so he. I was going to ask he you, had he had you all just said thank you for your time and mm -hmm. taken him back yes, to the place that him. they had just left? We, yes. yes. And when he got back, they were not done. And that was a little bit of a surprise to him, but he didn't obviously want to 
reveal to us that he was like, oh. Did he say you all didn't tell me that there's going to no. be a search warrant? No. no, no. I think the narcissism in him sort of, you know, he was like, oh, that's no problem. I got oh, this. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I but think he, he wasn't worried. He In his mind, he wasn't worried about it because he had done everything that he needed to do to, to cover To satisfy up. you all. Yeah. So and he had came down and talked to us for three right. hours. And to cover, to cover what we talked about him in the interview, we did all the basic, hey, we're going to tell you right now, there's a team of forensic scientists at your house and we're collecting evidence. What do you have to say if any of Goldie's DNA is there? And Blood, he, specifically. Right. I mean, yeah. what would you say? We, I mean, we just flat out asked. So you Paris, asked this Paris, in Paris, that what, room. Yeah. What, what would you say if we came up with Goldie's blood in your apartment? And for him, great. He said, the blood you'll find is from my girlfriend because we got in a fight and I used a sword. Mm-hmm. And that's where he got the blood. Yes. There we go. It comes but back did he qualifier. say girlfriend Goldie yes, or a qualifier a is a perfect example of it. Yeah, he, yeah, he was Girlfriend is in Goldie. Yes, as in Goldie. Right. I mean, he, to justify what he was, in his mind, he would be able to say, oh, yeah, she lived there. We got in a couple of fights. You find her, her blood in there. Stabbed him that's with, why. A, with a, a fork and a sword, mm-hmm. right? And a fork was in the cave, mm-hmm. I believe. And, the, and then a sword, he hangs on the wall. He got, that's where the bumps came from. And if you find any blood in the shower, it was from her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So he, he was He's covering. He on his feet. He was yeah. covering yeah. all bases when Which it came to blood, fun. DNA, thing, because mm-hmm. he knew that this was coming. And, and uh, what, the, I, what I will also say about the interview is, did we want to let him go? No, we didn't want to let him go, but we kind of had to let him go. We oh, yeah, have, there's no. You know what I mean? Right. But but what we knew when we, were, when we were going into the whole thing is we were getting that baseline, right? We weren't looking. Unless he told us, I, I killed her, it. I cut her, I cut her up and all that. I feel we, bad. We, she we, was a drug-addicted yeah. woman that just turned and wanted to kill me, and she had a knife, and I had to defend myself, yeah. which would have been his best defense. Sure. Yeah. But we weren't going to give him that out. Well, aside yeah. of the dismemberment that came that followed. But, yeah. Well, I, we would have used that as well, but we don't want to yeah. give him Because so out. far I haven't heard probable cause. I, I mean, really, it's no, no, no. It, nothing near No, PC. there there were, there were no admission. Well, yeah, we no. found some blood in there, but. But it could be his as well, right? We because he's a carpenter. Yeah. yeah. And she's lived there. So mm-hmm. right. We, right. Did, we did not know whose blood it was. Yeah. We just knew that there was blood in there. But right. I will say this is the last phrase we gave him. Uh, and we did this together, but Steve, Steve had a good rapport with him. So we didn't want that rapport to go away. But we said, <laughs> Paris, if we come back, it's going to be to arrest you. For her murder. How do you respond? He said, I understand. So he was very, I mean, he really, he knew clearly. And we made, and I told him, I'm like, Paris, you understand if we come back to your house in however long it takes, we're not coming back to talk to you. We're not coming back to do anything. We're coming back and we're going to take you to jail. And he's like, okay. He did. And left it at that. We're like, Okay, can we take you home now? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Steve was, I mean, he loves Steve. I mean, it was just that way. I, I, and I have no problem believing that. Yeah, I mean, he. I, yeah. we were just very upfront with him. We told him where we were. I mean, we. it's not like we really blatantly lied to him. Yeah, we got him down there on the roads, but we were, I mean, we were telling him it what was, was going on and what we thought and, and our theory. And he's like, I'm. I'm just not buying it, boys. I'm. I, I didn't do nothing to go. I mean, he just. Mm-hmm. And he was not one of those suspects that you said. 
He's got shark eyes. Right. He's got yeah. no feelings. He's got no emotion. He wasn't one of those guys. He was a womanizer, and every everything was everybody else's fault in very his entire con- life. Very controlling. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, we, we found out later in talking to a girlfriend that had been with Paris after Goldie that he was a very controlling, very manipulative, especially when he'd been drinking, Um very mentally abusive as well, not as well as physically abusive, but yeah, I think that was sort of the pattern that he had. Yeah, and and luckily we were able to find her and talk to her uh, about about Paris, and that was a huge. And we'll get into that because that's where the he tried to get us to believe that that's where the sword and the fort came from was Goldie, but actually we located this other person based on his cell phone records, mm-hmm. so. What happened was we drop them off. Yeah, drop them off the house. Well, All the blood. Have swabs, a good night. <laughs> yeah. All the blood swabs they collected, I sent off to KSP, and so now it's a waiting game because we know it's not like TV. It's going to be several weeks. Though KSP works very well with Lexington Metro. If it is a high profile case, which this was not, and we had to call in a couple favors, but. There was so many counties involved in this with the torso, sure, with the arm that KSP said, "Okay, yeah, this is this is an important thing." So they assisted us. So we we're waiting on the DNA to come back from the blood swabs. In the meantime, Steve and I go ahead and set up an interview with on the June eighth. So December eighteenth, we get the blood swabs, we send them off, and now on January eighth, so we have Christmas, we have all that. And I've learned over the years from the Alex Johnson case, I'm not missing my family's Christmas morning. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And if you're not on call, either should any other detective. Family Mm. is very important to us. Sure. And until you're in that position for seven or so years, like Steve, family is really important. So from that point on January 8th, we get right back to work. We set up interviews with, uh, Kenny Hillman. Tell him about Kenny Hillman. Who yeah, is Ken, Kenny Hillman? So Kenny Hillman was a guy that supposedly had the white truck, right? So we wanted to talk to Kenny. Hey, Kenny, how do you know Goldie? Known her all my life. Grew up with her. You know, I actually helped her move her stuff. She called me because she had been evicted. Um, you know, I went over and helped her move some stuff. So when we talked to Kenny, we're like, well, what do you drive? He's like, I have a white F-150. I'm like, okay. So you helped her move her stuff after she got evicted um, out of her place on Range Court. He's like, yeah, because she had gotten evicted out of there, and I was helping her move to her son's place. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I think after that, we had gotten information through cell phone records, again, on identifying numbers, a gentleman by the name of Greg Vaught, if you remember back. Pierce had given this description of the white F-150 or truck driver Greg or Greg or Steve that he dropped her off to. So he's coming up with all these stories. So we find Greg, talk to him. We're like, hey, Greg, can we come and talk to you? He actually comes to headquarters and uh, talks to us. He drove a truck. Um, Goldie, he had known Goldie his whole life. Um, Actually had confronted Goldie on a couple of occasions because he – Goldie had showed up where she had a black eye, and he inquired with her as to who did it. And she said, oh, me and Paris, got into it, but it was an accident. And Greg Greg got pissed off, and he's like, if he ever lays a hand on you, 
I'm going to, I'm going to mess him up kind of thing. You know what I mean? So Greg was really protective of Goldie because he had known her for so long. They weren't ever boyfriend, girlfriend, but I think they were just lifelong friends that Goldie confided a lot of things in Greg. Um, but he was very defensive of her and he's like, you need to stay away from him. I don't know why you're with him. I've heard bad things about him. I heard, you know, just little and, things. And that tells you a lot about Goldie. Kenny Hillman was the same way. Like, Goldie, if you need anything, I know yeah. that you've been in trouble before, but if you need anything, you and I are from Paris. We know family, our families know each other. I'll do anything for you. Whatever you need, you let me know, which explains why. Hey, you know, there's more to the story. So go download the next episode like the true crime fan that you are. The Murder Police podcast is hosted by Wendy and David Lyons and was created to honor the lives of crime victims so their names are never forgotten. It is produced, recorded, and edited by David Lyons. The Murder Police podcast can be found on your favorite Apple or Android podcast platform, as well as at murderpolicepodcast.com, where you will find show notes, transcripts, information about our presenters, and a link to the official Murder Police podcast merch store, where you can purchase a huge variety of Murder Police podcast swag. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, which is closed caption for those that are hearing impaired. Just search for the Murder Police Podcast and you will find us. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for more and give us five stars and a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Make sure you set your player to automatically download new episodes so you get the new ones as soon as they drop. And please tell your friends. Lock it down, Judy.